Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, presentations, gestures, part two. Here we go. So bigger facial expressions. The only two I'm going to talk about now are smiling. So literally wider and taller, if you will. And then secondly, eyebrows. The second most powerful facial expression is eyebrows. And you've got to raise them more. In fact, I wish we could do this on video. We need to do some of these casts on video, Mike, and have me videoed when I say you've got to do it more. You heard the three beats in that in that sentence as my as I forgot to turn my phone off for the first time I think in years right Mike and so uh, my, I, I my can't remember the last time that happened yeah but it's like three times now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it be because it's now 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 people are gonna write me emails said dude what is it with your phone and well that's my phone it get texts all my phone gets texts all the time nobody wants to talk to me but they they love texting my phone but I raise my eyebrows three times if we were on Skype right now you would see me raise my eyebrows three times and Dude, I raise my eyebrows as high as they'll go. And that is similar to the the theater makeup. You overdo your facial expressions when you're presenting. Um, when somebody asks you a question that's tough, you cross your arms and you put your hand up to your chin and you look you, you you bring your chin in closer to your to your body and you go, good question. And you rather than just thinking that's a good question, I have to think. You behave as if you're thinking in a movie to send a message to people, I am thinking. Rather than just staring blankly and saying, okay, I'm thinking through my answer, what's it going to be? And if you're doing that, people don't know what you're doing. But if you send them facial expressions that say, I'm thinking, it'll be easier. Is there a danger of just looking like a complete idiot when, when you do that kind of stuff? The eyebrows all the way to the top of your forehead, the the big gestures in terms of like literally like moving your hand to your chin in that kind of thinking, you know, thinking no. kind of gesture. The, the, the big smile, the big, the no. big unnatural smile showing teeth when I never show teeth normally. No, it, there's not. There's not a danger. Two points to that, though. We do this when, when we teach uh, presentation skills or learning a new skill. We tell everybody, okay, dudes, cross your arms. Stand in front of me. Stand in the room here and cross your arms. And everybody crosses arms. I said, now look down at your arm, figure out which one, the right one or the left one, is over the left or the right, and which hand is underneath the other arm's bicep and which hand is outside of the bicep and so on. Now, uncross your arms and recross them in the opposite way. So now if your right was over your left, your left was over your right and so on. And then I ask after everyone's done that, how does that feel? And people are like, oh my God, this is the weirdest thing ever. I would never do this. I'm used to doing it the other way. I said, that's funny. From my perspective, y'all look the same. Right. Exactly. The first lesson is, so you asked me, is there a danger of looking, being weird? No, but there's absolutely a danger of you not doing it because it feels weird. Dude, totally. People feel weird, but guys, this is career tools. This is manager tools. We don't tell you this stuff because we want you to be comfortable. We want you to be effective. And on my bad days, I'll tell you your face. I don't care if you're comfortable or not. I really don't. If you're comfortable, just go sit at home and sit on the couch and play call of duty and be comfortable. But don't tell me that you're contributing to the betterment of the world because you're not, okay? If you want to be better, right? If you don't want to be better, it's easy. Stop listening. <laughs> Stop <laughs> listening to my phone beep and, and, and go do something else. But if you want to be better, it's going to be hard. You're going to have to go over the McGuire hump of the horseman curve. 
And that means feeling uncomfortable. Now, is it uncomfortable or is it weird for the audience? Heck no. It's uncomfortable for you. But in the same way that stage makeup up close looks like clownish, from a distance, it looks normal. It looks completely normal. So, no, there's no danger at all. Okay. And by the way, guys, if you're saying to yourself, well, I'm a guy with less facial expressions, you know, I'm afraid that it'll be too much, alluding to somewhat similar to Mike's question. Guys, sorry, fine, be yourself. Really, seriously, be yourself. And then just don't come crying to me that you don't, you don't get good results when you present. Okay? Now, you're going to read all kinds of things. So, oh, be authentic in front of an audience. I'll be authentically boring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Mike, here's the thing. I've coached a lot of people, okay, on presentation skills. They don't think they're boring because they're into their content, which is only phase one, not phase two, not phase three. Okay. They're going to think they're boring, but your audience is not going to believe you. Okay. And that's the reason we present. And we, we all just have to learn this stuff. Okay. So now we want to talk about size of gestures. Yeah. Okay. Look, there are gestures which support your message, guys. For example, when you're trying to explain something that happens on a timeline, naturally, you'll make a gesture towards your left for early in the timeline. And this is funny because left is the right way because to the audience, that's their right, which is the way your left is their right. And they'll think about it in reverse of you, right? You'll make a gesture towards your left for early in the timeline. But that's backwards. Okay. If you want to create a timeline for your audience, it, remember, it's all about the audience. You make a gesture to your right, which is to the audience's left. And by the way, the timeline, because they read left to right in, in, in the Western world, right? Not top to bottom, not right to left. Although certainly in some cultures that would be okay, but you gesture to your right and you don't gesture at your right shoulder and move to your left shoulder. You gesture to your what we call wingspan, which is, which I think one of the swimmers, one of the female swimmers in the Olympics in London, one of the American female swimmers was famous for her wingspan. And they said, oh, she's, she's six foot tall, but she has a 75 inch wingspan. I'm like, really? It's only three inches wider than her, how tall she is. That's a big wingspan. That's a big disper disparity between the natural tendency of a body to be as wide when your arms are spread out as it is tall. But rather than making a, a timeline that is only as wide as your shoulders, whether your shoulders are narrow or wide doesn't matter. The question is, can you make a, a, a timeline from spreading your arms out as far as you can, left and right? If you're driving, guys, don't do this. And reaching for two walls 50 feet away from you with the tips of your fingers, okay? And, and your hand, let's say your palms are facing an audience in front of you. Your palms are facing the same way as your face is right now. And your thumbs are pointing up. And again, your fingers are po each pointing away from what your right fingers are pointing 180 out from your left fingers. Now what I want you to do is bend your wrists inward. So now your fingers are pointing at the audience. So what you're doing is creating a gigantic bracket with your arms and your hands. Okay. That's the timeline. That's what you do. You start your timeline way over here with your right hand extended all the way out and you, you end the timeline with your left hand all the way at your left side. And to the audience, that's going left to right. That's an example of a bigger gesture.
And I, and I did it. I was following along. I can, I can do it. Oh, you can do it. Okay, can, good. Yeah. Works, this yeah. is another case where, you know, dude, we need to make a note because this, we needed video of this, right? A yeah. I was I actually, I actually had made a note. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But not now because I'm in board shorts and flip flops and a really cool math t-shirt. Okay. But in addition, let's do another one. Nodding your head. If somebody starts asking a question, that you really want to answer, whether you agree or disagree with it, whether they like, whether they like your idea or not, but you believe that your answer to this question is going to be helpful to your mission, start nodding your head. The problem is your head nodding, which is a, a form of a gesture, right? It's not a facial expression. It's a gesture. Your head nodding is built on what you would do in a conversation three or four feet away. Your head nodding should be noticeable, like three or four inches of your chin moving. And if my voice is modulating on the call right now, it's because my head is moving up or down three or four or five inches. Another thing, when you point, pointing is, is problematic at times. But when you point, feel the rigidity in your arm and make your finger rigid. Tighten up the muscles in your wrist and in your forearm and in your finger and point at somebody, really point at them. And by the way, don't just move your hand in their direction and point. When you get to pointing right at them, bring your hand back, flex your elbow, and then point again, kind of like you're, you're throwing a dart at them. That's an example of bigger gestures. Now, look, guys, this is a 50,000-foot cast. We'll give you, over the course of the next 10 or 15 years, 20 more specific gestures you can use and what they mean, what the weak one is, what the ineffective one is, and what the effective one or strong one is in every single case. But you've got to start with, I've got to overdo my gestures. I've got to put on what amounts to theater makeup for my gestures. Good. Okay. I've, I've said this before to people. Don't get the idea that I love presenting. I don't necessarily. I don't, I don't really think that's my value. I love helping other people break through and become, have the potential of becoming a great presenter because there are too many great ideas that get left on the cutting room floor because somebody didn't present well. And it's all learnable. We talked about, you talked about the three aspects of presenting and one of the advantages of knowing your content, right? Rather than just developing a deck that you're going to present from and read from. Right. If you're, yeah. if you're reading the slides, number one, it's boring and people can read the slides. It's awful. Um, but if you're doing that, you're not paying attention to the audience and you're yeah. not focusing on your message and using big gestures. Think about how taxi would be to read the slides and try to figure out how to use bigger gestures and connect with the audience. It can't be done. <laughs> you got to know the content. I'll tell you, I think I said this a couple of times before. I'll never forget being in Orlando. In fact, I think Danny was there when it happened. I had been presenting in the morning, and so I sat down for lunch, and there was a lunch presentation. And, and, and look, the worst thing in the world for a person is to present to me <laughs> because I cut no one any slack. I remember telling the ambassador once, I said, how was that? I said, that was the worst ever. <laughs> and he said, nobody talks to me that way. I said, gee, that's funny. I, I just did. Am I nobody? And he's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe it's not going to work out. I said, that's fine. But you don't pay me to tell me tell you stuff you like to hear. If that's what you think you're paying me for, sir, I you don't want me. You want to be good, or you want me to tell you what you want to hear? He's like, well, okay, I want to be good. And it was like three or four months before he really made a difference. Guy's a genius. I wish I was smart as him, but he was really a bad presenter. And I said, you're you're horrible. I mean, that was. I mean, I I want to hate you right now. It's that bad. Uh, and ambassadors, the ambassadors, yeah, ambassadors don't like that very much. 
I think somebody who's focused his whole life on probably being diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> right? And you exactly. saying it as bluntly yeah, like, as you should. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking. Just saying. Yeah, just saying, just putting it out there. Yeah, I remember sitting in a meeting room in Orlando. It was a lunch presentation. There's probably 100 people eating lunch in rounds in large round tables, 10 to a table. And this young lady is presenting. And the way she presented was to make her slides interesting and to provide transition was that every single letter on her slides flew into the slide. The letters, not the words, not the lines, but the letters with a typewriter sound. Oh, I was I was just gonna say and, and tell me tell me she didn't use a typewriter sound. <laughs> and then as each word showed up, she would read the word. I mean, you wouldn't want to do that. Now I'm older, I'm less willing. I almost stood up, but in, in nowadays I would stand up and say, I'm standing up and leaving because I literally I'm gonna throw up a little bit in my mouth here. That must have been great. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Raising. Yeah, exactly. That's what we were doing. Increased. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, look, la- last point, and maybe everyone will say, maybe Mark needs to eliminate negative stories. I don't know. But we need to we need to help people eliminate negative gestures. And if we're going to dig into this more, why the, each gesture works and doesn't work and so on. But we don't have hours and hours and hours. And I have a feeling this is going to end up being a two-part cast because I keep making my same point over and over again. But look, guys, we all have physical and verbal tics which actually emotionally, physiologically are connected in such a way that they tend to get ner- worse when we're nervous. You know, you you fiddle with your hair, which is a really bad thing in presenting. You fiddle with your belt. I know a lot of guys who I've seen this a lot in middle-aged presenters. They hitch up their pants. They shoot their cuffs. Um, they, they pull their shirt cuff out of their, out of their, their coat um, sleeve so that the cuff shows. That's part of how suits and coats are supposed to fit. Uh, over shirts. They move their fingers repetitively. They fold and unfold their arms. Or I'll tell you the one that is most obvious, but people wouldn't call it a gesture. I do is when people walk back and forth in front of the room pacing and they think that they're showing energy to the group, but pacing is not a way to express energy toward the group. And the, the group's energy is a direct result of how much energy the presenter puts into the group. And they often do it with their head down as if they're thinking and talking like, I'm sharing with you the inner thoughts of my genius and greatness, which is just, no, 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 you're not. We hate you. And and look, a lot of these gestures are unconscious and that's fine. It's okay to have unconscious gestures, but we have a simple solution for you. The best way to find out what it is you do is to video yourself giving the presentation. Danny and I just had a one-on-one before this recording this morning, and she's going to give a presentation to Mike and I in about a month. And I said, before you give the presentation to Mike and I, and we probably won't all be in the same room, I think it'll be over the web, but we may be at one of our houses or something or at a conference where you've flown in and Danny and I are presenting together. But I said, we're going to do two practices. And when I go over it, one of the practices is going to be on content and getting the content right. And the next one is going to be on how she presents it. And oh, by the way, she'll have slot, she'll have notes in her, in her deck, um, that she'll have written in advance. It won't be a speech. It'll be a presentation, but she'll have written notes in advance. So you video yourself and, and I'm going to have her video herself. Set up your phone or a webcam, start your presentation. You don't need to record more than five or 10 minutes. If you have a 20 minute presentation, you want to record 10 minutes. That's fine. If you have a physical negative gesture that takes away or actually just a tick, some, some, personal thing that you tend to do in 10 minutes, you're going to do it 10 or 20 times. Trust us. You'll see it. The only way 
to prevent, to overcome these things is to bring them out of your subconscious because you don't even know you're doing them. And, and they're not necessarily bad, but they do become bad when you have a 40-minute presentation and you do it 100 times, okay? Then they become bad. Then they become a negative. They take away from your ability to achieve what you want to achieve with the audience. So you bring it out of your subconscious into your consciousness and you say, oh my gosh, look what I'm doing. So what you do is you video yourself your, uh, yourself again and again. And if you pay attention to it and say, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, you'll start to notice right before you start to do it and you'll stop doing it. And literally, you'll eliminate the negative ticks. Now, now that doesn't make you a great presenter, but at least eliminates something that's going to hold you back from, from the goal that you have. And it's important because the audience notices them and it takes a, it distracts from your message. And this is hard. People struggle with this. In many cases, people have told themselves a story that my tick actually sends a good message. It does not. It does not. And just to be clear, most of you who have been to a conference think, well, Mark's a pretty good presenter. I've got him too. And I work on him. Sometimes I'm good with it. Sometimes I'm not. So don't think, oh, it'll be okay. Don't. Well, the first time you present, you, you video yourself in preparation for a presentation, why people don't, the single biggest problem with presentations is lack of rehearsal. The first time you video yourself, don't look for content. Don't look like for whether or not you make your points. Look for your ticks and get rid of them, whatever they might be. And I think I've probably talked enough, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. So eye contact, bigger facial expressions, bigger gestures, and avoid those ticks, those negative gestures. The best way to improve your presentation skills is to practice, is to rehearse. And by the way, the best way to practice and get feedback is Toastmasters. It's so easy. Man, it's actually kind of fun. And in the next 10, 15 years, guys, you're going to hear everything I know about presentations uh, and everything Wendy knows as well. And the better you get in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king or queen. Well, there's more to come, but this is a great start. Yeah, it's a great start. Yeah, Awesome. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you back here again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.